As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome back to a, uh, we'll call it like playoff version of the Warriors All-82 podcast somewhat. Felt stakes were on the line in New Orleans on Monday night. Will Golery, our uh, Pelicans writer, was there. You were in the building, right? I was in the building. I was way up in the 300 section. But yeah, I got to see all of the stuff threes and all of the uh, that, that madness in the first quarter for sure. I can't believe they have you guys up in the 300s, not to just immediately begin on a media you know, reporting rant, but I've heard oh, that, that, you know, they got you guys top, uh, you know, basically the top uh, row of the whole stadium down there. Yeah, I know people at home love to li- uh, listen to media complain about access and where we're sitting during games. But, yeah, it's been super weird, man. When they got us up there, like, in the regular seats, the fans sitting up there in the 300 section. We're not allowed to leave our little media section, so we can't even go hit concession stands or anything like that. It's definitely been a weird season, and that, you know, it's not, it's not even speaking on what I've been watching on the court. So, yeah, it's been a wild, you know, COVID-19 season. But, you know, that's the, the case for everybody, right? Yeah, well, all the way up there, could you still uh, identify all the defensive breakdowns uh, from the Pelicans tonight? Because to me, that was probably the story of the game. You know, Steph goes for 41, um, and they were, you know, I look, I just looked at the eight threes for my story. I would say six of them were just, they were errors. They're Eric Bledsoe losing his attention for, for a couple seconds and, and Curry scattering over to the corner or uh, a bad switch at the wrong time. And it wasn't just, obviously, Steph goes for 41, but they at times were overhelping on Steph and giving up backdoor cuts and drip, fake dribble handoffs and um, you know they're they're the 27th ranked defense in the league for a reason. But it's kind of in the preview we did we were talking about it a little bit. You're like, uh, you know, how do they contain Curry? And they just they did a really poor job of it. One of the poorest jobs I've seen, um, and just giving him shots that you shouldn't be giving him. 
Yeah, and you brought it up. It wasn't even just the Curry shots. It was all of the backdoor layups. I mean, I didn't review the shots like you did for Golden State, but I'm sure there had to be at least six or seven just wide-open layups in half court. You guys, you know, getting wide open on backdoor cuts, you know, faking dribble handoffs. Draymond had a big dunk where he faked the dribble handoff, you know, strolled right down the middle of the lane and dunked it. Uh, you said it. I mean, this Pelicans team has been pretty bad on defense all year. They've shown some improvement the past few weeks. I, was, I think the last month they were right around you know middle of the pack in the league uh but man it's the night you needed to really step up they knew they were having you know the hottest score in the league coming into the building and the defense just broke down all over the place there were mistakes you know they weren't getting back after turn turnovers it was just a rough game and just another indication of just you know this young squad learning what it takes to win and it's been a rough road for them to really figure it out and to see a team like the Warriors because we were talking about up there in the media section you know we were kind of going back and forth saying man you know you see the difference between a team that knows how to play in big games and one that doesn't and you know somebody else was like well I mean all the Warriors really have is Stephen Draymond <laughs> you know these are all new guys with the Warriors Wiggins had a big night I thought JTA had a really good game it's just a matter of one team was prepared was locked in and the other team just for whatever reason they just weren't ready for this moment yeah and look curry's an odd matchup curry and draymond together they're a weird combo to play against because you have one guy who unlike other stars uh ball dominant stars is like as much or even more dangerous off the ball um and just the way he kind of scatters around and and, and knows that young defenders make mistakes when they're guarding him. You know, like his first three of the night, uh, Bledsoe and Zion double him off a high screen like 40 feet from the hoop, which is clearly part of the game plan, right? Van Gundy saying, you know, don't let him come off a screen wide open and, and just shoot a 35-footer. And I'm sure they played against Damian Lillard, for example, this year. And then once you get it out of Lillard's hand, it's kind of like job well done there, and you kind of scatter back. But the problem is they stopped right after they did it, exactly. and Curry knew that, and he just ran to the corner. And – the other, you know, I mentioned Draymond is the other guy in this mix. Draymond is just at all times searching for Curry, and the dribble handoffs and defenders are told. I'm sure in the scouting report, you know, sag off Draymond Green, let him shoot, but he'll use that against you because he'll do suddenly bring Curry over for that dribble handoff, and the help defender's not close enough because he's being told to stay away from Draymond Green, and that is hard to. It, they're just they're not really like other offenses. If you do shut down their pet stuff, they've been pretty easy to shut down this season. But honestly, it's typically only veteran de defensive teams that do that. The Lakers have killed them a few times this season because LeBron reads everything because he's played against them so many mm -hmm. times. Um, the Pelicans, I, I'm curious to see how they respond tomorrow. And, you know, I could see them. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to come out and you know hold the Warriors to 90 points, but I assume they'll probably shut off some of that Curry stuff. But the problem, as we both know, is they needed both these games. And and so I was a little surprised how unprepared they seemed. Even though, I mean, I'm sure Van Gundy was drilling it in, you know, prep and everything. But it's just it, it, mistake after mistake. Yeah, and you brought it up. I, I think, you know, what makes Steph so unique, and you could throw Dame right in that same category, is that you have to alter you, your defense to, to to contain those guys. It doesn't matter what type of defense you play. Uh, I think a big part of the improvement we've seen from the Pelicans the past few weeks is the fact they really started to get it comfortable, you know, dropping the big back, you know, preventing those, you know, scramble rotations where you got to find guys in the corners or, or prevent guys from cutting back door. Uh, 
they were lessening a lot of that. They were putting less stress on their bigs, and it made things a lot easier for guys. But when you play stuff, there's no such thing as dropping your big back. <laughs> I mean, he'll just light you up. So you got to bring guys out, like you said, 30, 40 feet out just to force the ball out of his hands. And you saw tonight the Pels just aren't, aren't used to playing that style. And it's such a difficult season where you don't have the practice time to really drill down on the principles of what you got to do if you're switching up your defensive scheme. But at the end of the day, you know how you got to defend stuff. You got to step up. You can't allow him to get those open shots. You know he's going to be coming off of screens and those dribble handoffs. So you got to be prepared. And like you said, there were a lot of times where guys were there for that initial action. But after that, I mean, it was just wide open layups, wide open corner threes the whole night. And the Warriors were just taking advantage of it every single time down. They knew if they just step, stayed with their motion, they, they kept moving the ball from side to side, they were going to end up getting a wide open shot. And I think it's really difficult for this Pelicans team because again they're playing tomorrow night <laughs> you know there's not enough time for you to you know really review this film and try to put some new schemes in they're gonna have to f- try to figure this thing out on the fly Stan's not sleeping tonight Stan Man. Is not sleeping. <laughs> I promise you he's watching the film until the sun comes up and I mean that's what stuff does to you man it was it's just brutal you know uh, you said that he had a couple wide open looks tonight but there's just certain plays where you're just right there and he just drills it in your face and it's just like a, a punch to the gut you know for a defense because he hits so many of them shots i mean he had the one play where he breaks eric bledsoe's ankles and pulls up right in his face uh, i mean he, he does so much damage to your defense and i think the problem with this pels team is they kind of get in these you know three four minute stretches where they just kind of feel the game go, going away from them and they just kind of fade away and they lose their mental focus and, and steph is the last guy you want to do with that with because you you said it when Draymond smells blood and he feels Steph getting hot, he's just looking for him every single time down. You saw that a couple different times in this game when they really put those big runs together. And you really got to be prepared for that. You got to be locked in. And you mentioned LeBron. I think what LeBron learned, you know, over those years of playing those Warriors teams is you're going to take your licks here and there, but you got to stay with it. You got to keep with on with your rotations. You got to keep communicating because that motion never stops. And that's what makes that Warriors offense so special. You got to stay locked in the entire 20 24 seconds and with that Pels team it's just that first motion they're good but then after that it's just you know a bunch of lost guys at that point yeah and if you give him a couple if you give Steph a couple easy ones early he'll start making the hard ones you know when he kind of revs that engine Uh, but let's flip it to the other side because I mean look New Orleans is a ninth ranked offense coming in you know they've won plenty of shootouts this season as you know Um, so it's not they could have given up a huge night to the Warriors and still been in the game, but I thought that the Warriors did enough defensively. Draymond Green in particular did enough. Uh, I think in the Zion matchup, which I was really fascinated to watch, um, Steve Kerr said postgame he thinks you know if you were to handpick a defender in the NBA to guard Zion, you would pick Draymond. There are a, a few other guys in that conversation, certainly Giannis. Mm-hmm. You, you could probably uh, tell me who, who has – you know, guarded Zion the best in his first couple of seasons. But, uh, look, 12 to 24, still got 32 points, still had a couple of and ones on Draymond Green, still kind of, you know, had his success here and there. But uh, Draymond, I thought, defended well without fouling, some verticality, forced three turnovers, forced a handful of misses. At one point, one play kind of like shuttled him out of bounds. And to me, what, what he did is he did enough for them to feel comfortable not sending a bunch of help. And because they didn't have to send a bunch of help, other guys didn't really get off. I mean, Brandon Ingram, quiet, 5 of 11. And then, of course, Lonzo Ball has the, the, the night from hell shooting. Oh I think he was God. 3 of 18. Um, and, you know, the, that's 
you add all that together and that's just it, it's what equals an easy Warriors win but what did you think about that side of the ball New Orleans trying to score against uh, the Warriors yeah you mentioned it. I thought Draymond re- did a really good job against Zion like you said I mean you know if you play Zion one-on-one he's going to get 30 <laughs> and that's what he did tonight he got 32 points he wasn't you know north of 60 percent like we're used to seeing shooting percentage wise but I think he was able to get a bunch of good shots around the rim you know he airballed that one three early on but other than that I, I felt like he was able to get good looks Whenever he really put his mind to it, I just think, you know, as you mentioned, he's used to seeing teams throwing two, three bodies at him constantly. And that's how you get those open shots for other guys. And those looks just weren't available. I mean, Lonzo Ball, three for 18. I tweeted earlier, it's the the worst shooting performance for any Pels player, you know, 15 plus field goal attempt since 2018. Uh, I mean, he just couldn't get anything to fall tonight. Uh, It was really tough for him. And I think a big part of that was he just didn't have as many rhythm stepping into, you know, three point attempts that he's used to getting and you know he missed a couple layups in transition which I think hurt his you know confidence a little bit but you know he he just wasn't getting the same looks I mean Brandon Ingram ended up with 11 field goal attempts uh, I, I thought that was one of the crazier stats of the really night he noticed them. yeah yeah really he noticed I mean them, which easily felt Wiggins he, it was almost easily like, outplayed like by Wiggins yeah I mean there's no yeah. question this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Wiggins had that. To me, maybe the biggest stretch of the game was fourth quarter, steps off the floor. This is the Pelicans' time to try to climb back in before Steph returns. I think Wiggins scored the first 10 for the Warriors uh, to start the fourth. Uh, but, yeah. Ingram, he can't get outplayed by by Andrew Wiggins. No, um, and he's the big thing. He's got to remain aggressive, and I think you know they, they fall into this problem a couple of times where you know the, the the offense starts to slip a little bit, and Stan Van Gundy just says, "Hey, I'm a pounded to Zion every single time because you know you're getting good shots out of that." But I think a lot of times it, it, when you get into that mode, it, it kind of phases Brandon Ingram out of the offense a little bit because you know when you're running into those ISO situations with Zion, you're either going to get a layup for Z or you're going to get a wide open three from one of the guys the defense prefers to get open threes which you know wouldn't be Brandon Ingram uh, or you're going to get a little dump off to Billy Hernangomez right around the rim uh, but I think when you, you, you give so much of the offense to Zion I, I think it takes away from B.I. a little bit because they don't use those guys together as much in their offensive actions uh, so I think Stan McGunny's got to do a better job just getting B.I. involved and I think that'll probably hurt Wiggins on the other end if he wasn't if he had to focus a little more on defense I think that's what helped him a lot on offense was that he was just chilling on defense. He, he didn't have to worry about B.I. at all, you know, and I think that allowed him to play with a lot more confidence on the offensive end. He felt like he was able to get his shots a lot easier than B.I. was. And, uh, yeah, I think you, you got to find a way to get those other guys, you know, easier looks within the offense. And I think it was really tough for them the entire night. I mean, that, that Warriors team, just, they just played a great game on both sides of the court. You got to give them a lot of credit. But this Pels team, they just weren't ready to start the game. And I think some of that you can say is you know, a young team. But I think it says a lot about, you know, just where this group is, you know, top to bottom, uh, that they don't have the leadership they need on the court, especially in the backcourt. I think they struggle to really, you know, get themselves out of these ruts. Uh, you know, when they, they have these 10, 12 old runs, they're not able to really are stop everything and just say, okay, this is what we're going to do to get a good shot. I think a lot of the time it's just 
hey Zion, can you can you make a miracle happen? And I think when you play the really smart teams and when you play a defender as great as Draymond Green, it's difficult to live like that. And you saw that tonight. Yeah, I want to look forward, but um, start with tomorrow night, and then we'll go bigger picture. But um, adjustment wise, I mean, I mentioned that I do think when you when you get thirty six minutes of feeling the Steph Curry ecosystem, you're typically the next night just going to understand it a bit better. So mm-hmm. I do think there'll probably be less breakdowns. But what you said earlier is right. I mean, come on, it's one overnight. We can't just expect them to be expertly guarding this stuff off ball. I was honestly most disappointed, I think, in Bledsoe because we're oh, talking man. about a veteran who has seen Steph Curry a bunch, you know, um, where you know Zion or even Lonzo, you can kind of understand some of those miscues. But what? Um, as you look towards tomorrow, I guess number one is there a chance Steven Adams plays? Do you even think that that changes the equation? I mean, he's they can make Warriors kind of would try to play him off the floor. I know he's kind of had somewhat of a disappointing season, um, but so number one, do you think he can play? And two, just adjustment wise, what what are you what are you looking for tomorrow night? Yeah, that uh, that sound you heard uh, during your response just now was the, uh, everybody in New Orleans kind of shaking their head vigorously when you said Eric Bledsoe has been disappointing. I think, you know, that's been one of the biggest stories of this season is just, man, the guy that they have in that Pelicans jersey is nothing like the guy we saw in, in that Milwaukee Bucks jersey. You know, for whatever reason, uh, he he's just not the same guy on either end of the court. And I think it's hurt this team so much. I tweeted earlier, you know, this is the eighth time this season a guard has put up 40-plus points on a Pelicans team i mean i'm a guy i'm used to watching drew holiday just put people in jail <laughs> you know these these elite guards i saw him shut down damian lillard in the playoff series you know we watched you know a few years ago drew holiday defend kevin durant and stephen curry in a playoff series and now it's just you know whenever one of these elite guards come to town i'm almost expecting them to go off because that's just what happened all year with this team and i think that's the scary thing for this game tomorrow is that just like you said they don't have a lot of time to figure out what to do with stuff, and they've got to come with some type of game plan, a different attitude, whatever. They gotta they gotta figure out a way to keep him from putting forty on the board because when he's hitting shots like he did tonight, it gives confidence to all those other guys. You saw Mulder hitting shots. You saw JTA hitting shots. Uh, I think all of those guys feel better about themselves when they see Steph out there strutting around hitting shots like crazy. So you gotta find a way to turn that water off. And the other thing is they gotta get the turnovers under control. Control, man. I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it ended up being like 27 points off turnovers or something like that. Uh, and when you're struggling on defense already, you can't just give away points like they did tonight. I mean, from the first two, three minutes of the game, you saw turnover layup, turnover layup, turnover layup. I think that's the stuff you got to get under control just because uh, when uh, you mentioned this was the ninth-ranked offense this season, they haven't been that lately. They dropped off a lot since they've lost, you know, Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker out of the lineup. They've struggled to really put that shooting around Zion. And if you're just gifting the other team points, then you're just putting even more, you know, pressure on Brandon Ingram and Zion to have those big nights. And, you know, you got a really good night out of Z. But B.I. was absent, and, you know, Lonzo had one of the worst shooting games of his career. So, you know, this is going to be the result you see when you, you, you're giving away a points on, on offense and you're not able to get stops on defense. Let's talk standing. So this, to me, puts the Pelicans in the rear view of the Warriors. Um, I don't – you know, they're, they're now four back. Uh, no, they, they can climb. If they win the last two, they not only would technically climb, you know, too closer, but they'd also have the tiebreaker. 
but the Warriors still have two uh, Thunder games left, um, and, and a few other should be wins. So to me, I think this basically puts in cement the idea that the Warriors will be in the play-in, and they got another break tonight where the Knicks went into Memphis and won. So the Warriors now at this point are actually the eighth seed uh, mm-hmm. in on the side with Portland, which is where they want to be. They want to be on the 7-8 side of the playing bracket because that means you have to two games to win one, essentially, to get into the playoffs. Yep. Um, from the Pelican side of thing, obviously, entering the night, the idea was three Warriors games, you sweep them, you basically control your own destiny. Now that that's off the table, I do think that they obviously are going to want to win at least one or probably two of these Warriors games ahead, but the Spurs are probably the target at this point. Spurs are 31-33. and 33. That's only three back of the Pelicans in the loss column. And I don't have you seen San Antonio's remaining schedule? It's like a bear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's they, incredible. Yeah, they they I think they've lost now four in a row. They just lost in Utah tonight. They haven't. They're doing the same thing. They're doing the back to back. So they're in Utah again. They end the season with two Phoenix games. I believe they still play at Brooklyn at the Knicks. I think they have a home game against the Bucks left on the schedule. So there should be a lot of losses left for San Antonio. So I think that's catchable for the Pelicans, but they're going to need to play really well. Um, do you feel like there was a deflation tonight of like this season's over, this run's over, or do you still think there's still maneuverability and they believe even if it's not the Warriors they're catching, they can still catch somebody and get in that play? Yeah, I think that's been one of the really interesting things about this Pelicans team is that, you know, this isn't the first brutal loss I've seen from this team. I've seen a lot of really tough losses, maybe not, you know, down by 20 in the first quarter, even though I have seen that a couple times. But they've had a lot of, you know, blowing games in the last five minutes, you know, giving away a seven point lead with two minutes left. I mean, they've had a lot of those games this year and they've been able to, you know, pick pick up themselves up and, and really you know get back into it I, I think they have a, a certain type of resilience that, that they're not able to they, they don't allow these games to really get them down they kind of come back with the same type of effort the next time out so I expect them to play a good game tomorrow I don't think this will be another blowout uh, against the Warriors but uh, if we're looking forward to the schedule I mean you mentioned how tough the San Antonio schedule is uh, after they finish this back-to-back with Golden State the Pels have a five-game road trip where they go at Philly at Charlotte at Memphis Memphis at Dallas and then they finish it off you know in uh, at Golden State uh, for the the last of those three games I think that's just going to be a really tough stretch you know especially for a team that's been bad on the road this year uh, knowing how much weight is going to be on them after losing this game maybe losing another game to Golden State tomorrow night to catch up to the Spurs for that 10th seed I think it's just going to be a lot for them and the big thing is again they got to get it together on defense, man. You can't defend the way they did tonight and think you got any hope of making it to the playoffs. They got to lock in. And I think, you know, even more than anything schematic, they just got to, you know, hold themselves accountable. Uh, You saw so many times tonight, guys, just making mental mistakes, uh, just not doing the little things to help you win. And I think it's a lot of that is, you know, some of that is coaching. I think Stan Van Gundy, you know, deserves some criticism for the way this team has struggled to really pick, pick up his schemes defensively. But some of it is just guys in the locker room got to look in the mirror and get it together and start playing, you know, with more fire. And, you know, I think it was funny to see James Jones got to kind of get into it with the Warriors bench tonight because a lot of the Rappels fans were hitting me up like, man, that's what I've been wanting to see from this team. Somebody who actually cares, somebody who wants to fight back when things are going poorly. And I think, you know, that's why that's what this Pels team, maybe not fighting assistant coaches. We don't need that. But I think they got to just start caring a little what, more. What things, happened? That, that was I mean, so weird, right? So James Johnson comes in with like it was kind of a drive where he put the knee 
out, and he kind of knee Draymond in the hip. Um, they called the offensive foul. I think the Warriors wanted a review to see if they could call flagrant. I don't even remember if they did review. It wasn't called a flagrant. But, uh, yeah, James Johnson's over in the Warriors bench area. Did Was there any clarity on what happened there? A lot. I mean, like I said, I was up in the 300 section, so it's kind of hard to tell. But it looked like he got into it with one of the assistants. I want to say maybe Mike Brown. I don't want to, you know, put that completely Mike, on Mike Brown. But Mike I, Brown. But, I, I, yeah, he was barking at somebody over on the bench, and then they go down on the offensive possession and come back the next time down and James James Johnson gets teed up because I think he was still talking to the Warriors bench after that. Uh, so, yeah, it was pretty hilarious, and we were joking around. I think James Johnson is the last guy you want to get into it with in the NBA. Usually when the, people ask that question, who's the last guy you want to fight in the dark alley? James Johnson is one of the first guys you bring up. You know, he's the black belt. Uh, nobody wants to fool with James Johnson. So seeing a Warriors assistant coach get into it with him was pretty hilarious because I know uh, people don't want uh, to get into it with James Johnson when it comes down to really getting those fisticuffs going. Yeah, drama-wise, this is a disappointment for NBA fans that uh, <laughs> this is how the first side of the um, this back-to-back went because if the Pelicans win this game and come out with the fire that we kind of expected, right? you, you thought they would come out with the force the Warriors did because they were the desperate team. Um, and if they had, you'd be going into tomorrow night with them having the chance to, to pull within one game, but... Now it's four games. You do want to see how the Pelicans respond. They do still have playoff hopes. Um, but from a Warriors perspective, you know, this this was, I would say, one of their more encouraging wins of the season because they've laid some duds in some big games recently. You know, a week ago we were talking about how important the Dallas game was that they because they, they had this path opening for them to maybe crawl all the way up to sixth and avoid the play-in. And they came out and gave up a 28-0 run and were down 39-12. So um, the Warriors have had plenty of – high stakes games this season you thought where they just didn't play like it was high stakes so that was the improvement from them i'm curious about their killer instinct tomorrow night because you i mean you put the pelicans away tomorrow night like i mean it's it's you can basically you know inscribe it on their grave of the season but will i appreciate you coming on and uh we will look for adjustments and interesting stuff tomorrow night absolutely man thanks for having me on